1: Friday morning, September 23rd. The Tip of the Tower Podcast Raptor Edition is back from the podcast grave. Everyone, we're back here. We're going to be here once a week now, from now until the end of the Raptors season. Joining me, as always, is Mark Grant. We'll be taking you through everything Raptors from now until hopefully the Eastern Conference Finals again, and maybe you know what, an NBA Finals appearance. I know, far fetched. I'll slow, I'll slow my roll. But that's what we're hoping for this, here. This, it hasn't even started yet.
2: <laughs> hey, hey. hey.
1: <laughs> After last year, we could dream a little bigger now. I know it's a little too big, but, you know, we got to start somewhere. Yeah. It's Barman.
2: How you doing? Great. We're back and we're better, man. You... Yeah, and
1: we got some new, fresh intro music um, brought to you by G Seropia. If you want to follow him, you can follow him on SoundCloud at G-S-O-R-O-P-I-A, all one word. Um, local guy here, makes some great beats. We love them, hopefully you guys do too, so I know you're a
2: big fan of it, tomorrow. Yeah, I do. I love, I love what, you know, there's a, a conflict between us two on which intro song <laughs> to pick because they're so good, but uh, hopefully uh, the fans will like both of them.
1: Well, we did reach an agreement. We're going to rotate for a bit. Right, exactly. Probably the whole season. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, I think they're both great songs. This week, this song was called Licks. We both like it a lot, so...
2: You know what? We'll let the we'll let the fans decide. You know, if they like one yeah. more than the other, then we'll just go with that. <laughs> it works for me. The Raptors are about to open up training camp though next week, so let's hop
1: right into that. Um, obviously, there's a lot going on right now with the team. There's 20 guys on the roster that are going to fight for. Uh, you know what? I shouldn't. I should rephrase that. There's 20 guys on the roster, but there's five guys fighting for that final spot. There's been a couple of signings, and there's been one gigantic rumor looming over the team right now. That's Canadian Kelly Olinick with the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Celtics are obviously in a bit of a roster bind With the amount of talent they have over the years With collecting all these draft picks and adding players they got to start to make some moves To maintain guys long term And by doing that they're going to have to shed people And in this case one of the names being brought up is Kelly Olenek um, He's Canadian He's born here in Toronto You know he grew up in BC, played at Gonzaga, the, the whole Canadian connection thing is there.
2: I think that's one of the major reasons why people think he's going to get, like, traded or, like, released and, like, uh, get picked up by the Raptors is just because he's Canadian. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the number one reason why, actually. You know, you know, non-Canadian players play for the Raptors, too. It's not just Canadian players. <laughs> well, man, there's a whole bunch of them. I just here, Here's the thing, okay? So we've
1: been reading through all these rumors about Kelly Olynyk and... Why he be a good fit for the Raptors? I don't think anybody can argue against the fact that he would be a decent fit here. But what do you give up to get him? That's the real question.
2: Yeah, and you know when you read into the the rumors, nobody even says any anybody. They don't mention anybody in the trade. They're just like a trade may be happening between the Raptors and the Celtics to get Kelly Olenek. And that's well, it. We've seen, and that's but it. we've
1: seen a few names kicked around. We saw we saw Bebe Nogueira and Delon Wright. That
2: ain't happening. That's a bad like, trade.
1: That's a bad trade for the Raptors. When have you ever seen Masai Jury make a trade like that?
2: Yeah, never. Especially because those are kind of like uh, two players that he really likes. You know, they're kind of almost like pet projects for him, so I can't imagine him trading both of them for somebody that is, you know, not guaranteed to make the team better. Well, then
1: you saw Bebe in a second-round pick. If you're Boston, I don't think you go for that.
2: And if you're the Raptors,
1: I don't think you give up on Bebe.
2: Yeah, exactly. I like Bebe just because of the, the potential of him. And I think that's why uh, Masai Ujiri likes him too. I don't know, dude. The the Kelly Olynyk thing is starting to. It just sounds more and more far fetched when you when you look into it. I think it is, and you know what? Let me ask you this:
1: If you're the Celtics and you really are this financially strapped and all sort of stuff, which technically they're not, they can make a couple moves and. You know, make things work out for them to to do whatever moves they want to make. I mean, they have so many options where it's, it's really tough to narrow down one specific thing with the Celtics because, again, they have so many options. But if the Raptors were to offer them the LA Clippers protected first-round pick that they own this year, would you accept that if you're the Celtics? Oh, just that? That and let's throw in, I don't know, we could throw in a second or we could throw in, like, a project player. Oh, no way,
2: man. It's not even close. Kelly Olenek is, like, an actual you know he's an actual basketball player so for just a late first rounder a late first rounder you hope that turns into Kelly Olinics so it's not even close to worth it you just see i i agree because anything more than that though if you're the raptors it's probably a bad trade for you and plus for boston that's just trading a player into like a future asset and they're at the point where they're trying to get those future assets to turn into like actual players so it just feels like you know going into like uh just recycling their players which doesn't make any sense for them at this point yeah, and I mean, giving up any more for the Raptors doesn't make sense either, which kind of nullifies this whole rumor. And plus, they're com- they're uh, they're fighting against each other for the conference, like, to lead in the conference, so why would you help out somebody that you're trying to uh, ch- defeat?
1: Because he's Canadian.
2: <laughs> I mean, he wants to go home, right? Like a really Canadian player. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, it's, again, it's just, like, far-fetched, man. He's Canadian, okay, man, we get it. Andrew Wiggins probably not coming either, dude. It's okay.
1: <laughs> Are we going to go down that rabbit hole?
2: <laughs> I just you know it's like such a weird narrative, like anybody that's Canadian is like, yo, they might go to the Rapture So It's almost like um remember when Kevin Durant was maybe going to the Washington or like maybe. Yeah. He's going home, under armor deal.
1: DC guy.
2: <laughs> DC guy, even though we're terrible and didn't make the playoffs this year. He's coming.
1: Yeah. And then there was a the whole like OVL Drake rumor about, you know
2: Yeah that's gonna lure Durant here. I don't know man, it's still are it's September. Almost October. Rumor Mill's gotta churn something out eventually, man. It's been quiet for the past couple past couple days, couple weeks.
1: It's kind of a dead period right now though. Like we're about to fire it back up again right now. I mean next week Media Day starts with the Raptors and then they head out west for training camp. So a lot of teams are gonna be going back to camp and it's just things will start picking up. We're getting closer and closer
2: to basketball season. We're what, we're just over a month away now. Yeah. That's exciting, dude. I can't wait. I can't wait for the season. You know, <clears throat> something I've been kicking around was like, what are we going to, I've been kicking around this idea about uh, the Raptors and the Celtics. You know, we were speaking about it earlier, like, you know, months earlier about the rivalry. That might actually become like a serious thing, man. Even like now with that trade, this like secret trade of Kelly Olenek, you may come to the Raptors. <laughs> It's this getting, you know, it's getting, it's getting a little more and more toasty between the Celtics and the Raptors, man. it's just every time there's a there's a sentence containing both of those two teams, it just gets a little bit more chippier, you know. Well,
1: depending on who you talk to, they are definitely the undisputed one-two contenders for the Atlantic Division. And when I say depending on who you talk to, that's if you're not talking to like a Knicks fan. If you're talking to a Knicks fan. <laughs> There's three teams fighting for the Atlantic this year, and don't forget it. The Knicks are for real; they're back. Poor Zingad. Poor Zingad. Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, and we didn't even mention Melo yet. Like, come on, Knicks fans everywhere, just rejoicing. They're back. They're
2: back. Apparently, yeah, dude. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'll believe it when least, I believe. At least you know the Celtics versus the Raptors for the for like the two, one, two, or three spot in the conference is going to be exciting. Who do you think? Which team do you think is better? Between the Raptors and the Celtics?
1: Yeah. I literally feel like they're going to be close the entire season. Um, I think the Raptors are slightly better if they're healthy. Oh. And long-term outlook, though, like, Kyle Lowry's definitely going to he's going to get beat up again this season, right? So I think his health will determine who's the better team at the end of the season. I know that's not really giving
2: you an answer, mm-hmm.
1: but I, I just feel like Kyle Lowry's that important when those two teams play that his health will dictate whether they win or lose. Okay.
2: I was, I was thinking about that. I was... You know, it's there's no definitive answer for it, but it makes for good a uh, good podcasting <laughs> to think about which team is better. I think that's going to be like one of the prevailing questions throughout this season.
1: Well, something we're going to get into a little later. It's uh, over unders. Those got released today for the NBA, or they got released two days ago. Sorry. Um, we'll let you know who Vegas thinks is better, <laughs> and those guys are pretty good at setting odds. So, I mean, who they think is better is probably going to be right. But before we get into that we mentioned earlier in the podcast, the Raptors have the 15th roster spot up for grabs. One of the players they signed last week was Brady Heslip. He's also a Toronto native, so you know, it makes sense. Um, he's going to be heading into training camp, battling up for that 15th roster spot. So he where, has to make the squad. He's, he, has to. <laughs> he has to. He's from Toronto. So it's only fitting. <laughs> um, Fred vanfleet point guard, is going to be there. Drew Crawford, shooting guard, will be there. EJ Singler, small forward. Uh, you got Gerard Utah, power forward. And then Yannick Morera, who's going to be you know, battling him out too. He's a center. He's a French center. Mm-hmm. Out of those five guys,
2: is there one guy you think can really leapfrog everybody? I'm I'm 90% sure it's gonna be Van Fleet, even though he's like a short guard, and uh, he like he doesn't really feel like an NBA player just because they have Delon Wright's injured. I just need somebody to fill the space. I feel like that's what's gonna be the the decider for the Raptors. Is like just in case. Something bad happens. Like well, you know, I, it's already Delon Wright. Yeah. Is something bad that has happened? But if something again and something again happens, then I need at least Van Fleet to make sure that I, my backup point guard uh, rotation doesn't fall off the wagon.
1: So to read into that a bit deeper, then from what I get, at least from what you're saying, is that you really feel like they want to manage the minutes
2: of Lowry and Joseph this year, and that's why Van Fleet would have to come on the roster too. Yeah, that was you know, people were looking forward to Delon Wright playing just so. Kyle Lowry can get a little bit more rest. You know, every time you, every year you get older, you know, you want to decrease the minutes after you turn 30, just so it uh, lessens the wear and tear on Lowry's body. If somebody drives to the hoop very much, that hurts, man. This is like your durability. If there's a rating in real life, your durability rating goes down every time you get hit in the paint, and Kyle Lowry's been doing that his entire career.
1: Oh yeah, and they say in pro sports, your best asset, availability. If you're not available, I can't use you. So I think keeping Lowry obviously healthy will keep him available, which will help, you know, catalyst the Raptors' success. If we go kind of like player by player, though, I think it's kind of interesting. I think we can make a case for another guy here. Tell Tell me about the other guy. Okay, so when you look at Van Fleet, he's an obvious fit, right? The Raptors need a third-point card with DeLon right out. Ahead of him is Kyle Lowry, Corey Joseph. We know the narrative there. It it makes sense. It makes sense. You go two down. you got Brady Haslip and Drew Crawford slips a streaky, six foot one, you know, jump shooter. Um, we both have had a chance to see him play in the Crown League here in Toronto, Team Canada. When he's hot, he's hot. But when he's cold Ice man. cold. Yeah, he's Ice uh, cold. And then Drew Crawford's kind of uh he's kinda of like a hybrid slasher jump shooter. He's I think he's nine oh five bound or picked up off waivers by somebody else. Especially because DeRozan and Norm Powell are ahead of them. Right, right. So I, I think both guys are kind of off
2: the radar all right you're telling me you're telling me about everybody else but tell me about the guy who you think is making the squad 15th man
1: a 15th man I think this guy's a dark horse um I'll skip over draw Utah and Yannick Marrera Marrera not making it they're too deep at center Uh draw to Utah off. I like him he's like a 3-4 but I don't think he's athletic enough the guy who I think is a dark horse is EJ Singler okay reason why I say that he's got that long wiry frame he had a really good last final bit there with the Raptors 905, that 10-game stint he had where he just lit it up. Um, he can defend from one to four. I mean, he's very athletic. He's, I hate saying this because everybody always makes fun of it, but he's deceptively fast. No, man. He's say, well, he's, he's quick. Just fast. I know. He's defend- <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> but I think he, his athleticism is good enough that you can use him to defend a variety of positions. And he shoots the three well enough, especially in the corner, which is something the Raptors like to utilize out of their second unit. They need a guy who can shoot the three, and particularly in the corner. So
2: I that's can, something he thrives at. I, I think he's just—I think he's a dark horse. I can get down with him, man. If Van Fleet doesn't make it, at least EJ can shoot it. Like, he can shoot it from the corners. That's what you just mentioned. You know, every highlight that you watch of him, three-point shot from the corners, baby. Yeah, and
1: I, I think one of the things that he'll surpass is, he'll surpass Bruno Caboclo, yeah. in my
2: opinion. I, yeah,
1: that's that's amazing, dude. I know I, Bruno's so young; like he's still young, but at the same time, I just don't think he's developed that much yet. I think EJ Singler's further
2: along than he is. Oh my gosh! And yeah, you know Bruno's been in the 905 slash NBA for two years now. So what do yeah. I say about Bruno? Oh God. Right. Well,
1: here's the other side of the coin too. If you're the Raptors,
2: you're gonna play a lot of these guys. These
1: these f- guys vying for this 15th roster spot. A lot of them got partial guarantees in their contracts. So with Van Fleet and Utah, they got $50,000 guarantees. Most of the time, back in the day, you wouldn't get any any money for showing up to camp. Like, you would literally get your base deal, and that's it. There's a little bit of incentives with these guys for them to make the team more. Now, part of it, too, is because if they release them, if they get cut, they have to clear waivers. If they clear waivers, then they can go to the 905. So if they clear waivers, this guarantee is basically them being guaranteed to spawn the 905. Right. So I think they're going to give these guys a long looking camp. Because when you look at the Raptors' roster, you know who's
2: playing. It's more important for these guys to get minutes, in my opinion. That's why is think, that fair to say? That's why I think Benfleet's getting the spot, man. Because we know who's going to play. We know who play, We know who. We know who's playing as shooting guard. We know who's playing as small forward. But point, point guard is like the only place where like we're wavering a little bit. Just because it's only two people, we're like, oh, man, I don't know.
1: See, that's where I think, though,
2: when you look at small
1: like shooting guard... It's only DeRozan and Powell. Yeah, but Terrence I know some Ross can like like also play I knew it. I knew you were gonna go <laughs> there.
2: <laughs> if, my, if it was up to me, Terrence Ross would be their sh- third shooting guard. You know, it's like yeah. I just and he definitely can bounce between the two positions. You know, he's basically he's more equipped to guard shooting guards. He can guard small forwards, but he'd definitely be better at guarding shooting guards. So, you know, there's there's they at least they have the backup of uh, Terrence Ross there
1: point guard man. I don't know. No, it makes sense. On paper, it makes sense to have Van Fleet. Just more so for the fact that, like you've been saying here, the depth, it makes sense. It's a natural position. It's somewhere that they they need to maintain, right? It's arguably the most important position on the floor.
2: Yeah, you, don't get me wrong, man. I like I like Singler. I also like Utah. I kind of wish you would make this team. But the depth, man, the depth. That's the only thing. I mean, as a coach, you'd be scared about that as well. You know, because if something else happens to one of those players and you really have, like, nobody... Like, you'd be relying on DeMar DeRozan to be your primary ball handler most of the time.
1: Oh, yeah, and then you're basically... You start burning through some of your 10-day contracts. Actually, no, you can't do it till later in the season. You're basically digging for, like, veteran guys. Um, it's It just puts them in a really bad spot, in my opinion. Yeah,
2: and when you don't have a point guard, like, that hurts the entire team. Like, you can kind of survive without a, a player at, like, small forward or shooting guard because they don't have the ball all the time, but if you're missing your point guard, somebody else who's like lesser at ball handling and decision making is going to have to handle the ball and that just, you know, it hurts the construct of the offense. So if I can get just like a backup guy, just a backup point guard, just in case anything goes bad, I think that would be benef- more beneficial than anything else. Yeah. I, I really don't
1: have an argument against it. Personally, I just like Singler. I think he's just a really versatile player that is going to get left out because the way this roster is designed.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. man, We'll see him on the 905 for sure. If you oh, I,
1: Honestly, I'm looking forward to going 905 games this year.
2: Yeah, they got a lot Not of... Not just
1: because of the talent. They got like a lot of... Jerry shit. Stackhouse. <laughs> you love Jerry Stackhouse, man. You'll love him by about the second game, I guarantee it. Uh-oh. Maybe even the second quarter of the first game. The <laughs> amount of trash Jerry Stackhouse talks is unreal. Yeah, You're going to
2: hear it barking, everybody. I before. can't... You know, I'm looking forward to it. And I also like, you know, I like the talent that's going to end up showing up there, so... It's gonna yeah, be fun to watch.
1: Of, for what their second year in existence now, it's they're doing
2: good things. They there. probably have the best I know like the best D league team. Like just like they has so much talent on it compared to other D league teams. I feel like the nine hundred five is doing really well in that front. Like the Raptors are really treating it like a triple, almost like a baseball triple A, when other teams are kind of just have like ah, I got two or three guys that could have made the team but can't, so we'll just throw them on the D league team.
1: Yeah, no, I love the way they use it, like a bus team too where it's it's down the street technically. I mean, it's just what? You just hop on the highway. You go from either the ACC to the Hershey Center or Hershey Center to the ACC. They can uh maneuver guys in an easy fa- easy manner, sorry. So, I like how they do that too and I think it's really beneficial. Dude, and something with the Raptors that came out to what? Wednesday was over-unders like we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So, how would you rank the East? Like, wait. Give me give me your one to three in the Eastern Conference, or even one to five.
2: Okay, in in order, or do you just want me to just just
1: give yeah? You give it, it to me in order.
2: Okay, in order. See, it's maybe I would say the Cavs are number one, but then how how much do you think the Cavs are going to be like using LeBron throughout the season?
1: I think they can do what they did last year and still finish number one.
2: <laughs> remember he took remember he did take was that the last year or the year before where he took a break? LeBron
1: could take a break for two weeks this year, it's not gonna matter.
2: Okay, so then it would be the Cavs. Yep. And then This is the hard part. And then and then I would have the Raptors. Okay. Right? And then I'm gonna have Boston. And then I'm gonna put in I mean the East is like, I guess Atlanta. Right, we have Dwight Howard now, and then Detroit. I guess. So you actually nailed the
1: first five teams that they have, <laughs> not in order though. So according okay. to Vegas, the odds that came out, they have the Cleveland Cavalier, the Cleveland Cavaliers first with fifty-six and a half wins, the Celtics in second with fifty-one and a half wins, mm-hmm. the Raptors in third with forty-nine and a half wins. The Pistons, 45.5 wins in fourth. The Hawks in fifth with 43.5 wins tied with the Pacers, who have 43.5 wins. The
2: Pacers, 43.5, wow.
1: Yeah, so these lines are always about, not necessarily about how many wins they think they're going to get spot on. It's kind of like a ballpark, and it also takes into account public perception. Teams like the Celtics are obviously going to get a lot of bets on the over because they have a huge fan base, so they account for that. There's a little bit of juice that's added to okay. to betting on that there. I know some Raptors fans are pissed off because, you know, this is a six-game game, like... Basically, they're going for 56-50 to 50 wins this year is what they're saying. Right. Or less. They think they're going to lose six more games this year. That's believable. I think that's believable, too. I mean, you look at last year. Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, these guys had career years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely outrageous years. Bismack. Bismack, too. I, can we expect that to happen again?
2: No, man. I can't, I can't see it. because Just because Kyle Lowry is getting a year older and they don't have Bismack. Because remember, Jonas got injured. For like what, twenty games, thirty games? It was a while. So they had Bismack to fall back on, so if Jonas gets injured again, or if anybody gets injured again, they don't have like I mean they have Norman Powell now. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> How many wins do you feel that they regress by? I still think they clear fifty. I think they're yeah, so if we're doing the over under, the over under is forty nine and a half, right?
1: Yeah, I think I take the over there I'm, all
2: day. I think I'm taking the over. You know, fifty wins sounds right for me for this team. Yep. You know, I guess yeah, that's six games lost, but I still like the I still like fifty wins, fifty two, maybe even fifty three. It's just like I feel like they topped out completely last year. They were even beating the Cavs, you know, like Kyle Lowry had that game winning shot, so Yeah, that was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> is, everything fell into place for them.
1: Okay, thoughts on the Celtics all of a sudden having fifty one and a half
2: wins as a total? That's not that's, that's a, a lot. No it's not. Um, they won won you don't be, think so? No. Not at all. They won 48, what, 49 games, right, last season? Yeah. So, you th-
1: okay. You th- so how, much, how
2: many wins do you think Al Horford is worth? That's why I was just about to ask
1: <laughs> I think he's worth a few. Right? I don't know, like, I'm going to say, yeah, you know what, if I was going to say three or four, yeah, that puts him right around there. Yeah, so I'm taking the over on the Celts, too. Man, so you think the Celtics are going to do what the Raptors did last year, probably was, win 56 I-
2: games? Man, I go back on back and forth between which team is better. I really do. Same. Like I, there are some days Like if you ask me tomorrow, i to be like, man, I don't know. Celtics could be better. And then if you ask, you know, you asked me today, I said the Raptors.
1: Well, I think there's a deciding factor here. We both think their roster construction is pretty similar and it's pretty even. Brad Stevens or Dwayne Casey. Who are you
2: take? Brad Stevens. The president, Brad Stevens. Man, <laughs> President
1: Brad Stevens all day. <laughs> I know it's like a Bill Simmons, you know, following right there. President but and Brad. He's that damn good.
2: Yeah, he's an amazing coach, man, and plus, you know, every time you give him more pieces, the team gets better and even when he was getting the same pieces, the team was getting better, so I can't imagine him, imagine the team regressing in any way. That's pretty much it, you know. <laughs> like they have better they have a better player. And the coach is better, and the coach is amazing with the, when he's using personnel. Al Horford is definitely one of those guys that uh, he's not. I wouldn't say malleable, but he's very, um, you know, he's kind-hearted. Everybody seems to like him, right? And being on the Celtics team, where they're all young, young dudes that like ha- have fun, but they also like to work. He's gonna fit in perfectly with them. Brad Stevens is gonna love him. It's gonna be. I'm telling you, this is gonna be like a puzzle piece fitting into the a puzzle for the Celtics.
1: I think Al Horford's a perfect fit there. Yeah,
2: he's so versatile, right? He can literally play everything, like you're saying. Yeah, and Brad Stevens always finds ways to use guys. You can bounce them between the power forward and center, so that means you can play Amir Johnson, or if you want, you play Carol- Kelly Olynyk. Like you can play anybody, any of the big men that they have. They can play him next, next to them. So yeah, see, I have to see you again. <laughs> do you think who do you think is better, man? The Celtics or the Raptors? Now that I've just said that, who do you think is going to be better now? I still think it's close, but I'm gonna to have to lean the Celtics, like just barely,
1: just barely. I mean, I really think Brad Stevens is the deciding factor, though. Okay. Just because I feel like he can get more out of his guys, whereas the Raptors, time after time, we've seen them fall victim to things like icicle ball, dead sets, um, getting bailed out by a Lowry prayer, not not necessarily a prayer, but just him making a play that you wouldn't expect, and you're like, oh wow, now the Raptors are, you know, they're back. Whereas with the Celtics, they don't really fall into those scenarios as often. They still do, but it's just not as often.
2: Yeah, they really work as a team.
1: Yeah, they're more cohesive than the Raptors are, in my opinion.
2: So yeah, um, the over on Knicks. both, and I'm I'm switching my opinion, the Celtics are the better team.
1: I'll say for now. I want to see <laughs> them play a bit. I'll say just for now. <laughs> just for now. Knicks fans, though. Uh, what's the, Here, or- where you- you
2: mean the over-under on the Knicks Take a guess, because I've been like trashing them all summer. But the, take a guess. Over under, it's thirty seven and a half. Thirty no thirty eight. Thirty eight now. Yeah, thirty and a half. Yeah, and a half Yo,
1: spot on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they're at. Thirty and a half. They're tied with the Bulls, who are not what people think they are either.
2: Yeah, both of those uh, teams are yeah, bad. Yeah.
1: and the Bucks thirty nine and a half. Hornets thirty nine and a half. It's just that big like cluster of teams down there that are, range from thirty six and a half to thirty nine and a half.
2: Yeah, the Knicks are going to be bad, and I don't think Knicks... Knicks fans must know it, right? I don't know, man,
1: because some of them, I, I swear to God, they're stuck in the late 2000s, like the 2008 to 2010, where they still think Derrick Rose is an MVP, and joking Noah can play defense still. I'm I'm at a loss for words when I talk to Knicks fans. Yeah.
2: Oh, man. Okay, what about those Bulls fans? The Bulls, I think the Bulls fans are more realistic... Delusional nope. Thinking Dwayne Wade's nope. No no Thinking Dwayne Wade's gonna You know Be healthy for 82 games of the year Are you kidding me No this is, Well That's not happening Not even that Just like The inability to shoot the ball From range None of them can None bro. of them can Only Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler Yeah Jimmy That's Butler's it. improved And like Doug McDermott In, uh, in stretches And And,
1: and Miritich
2: Mer- sh- Miritich sh- But he played Like his, he didn't shoot well From three last year So No yeah, so the Bulls, the Bulls in the Knicks. I'm sorry, guys, but it's not happening. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's not.
1: I get the whole the Bulls, the Raptors, you know, kryptonite. I understand that.
2: Yeah, I don't. I think it's not going to happen this year. I think me Raptors, I think the Raptors are like slated for domination of the Bulls this year. Me
1: too. I mean, Lowry or Rondo. <laughs> Like Rondo's in Chicago now So for all those good nights you get of Rondo You're also getting the bad Rondo Which is turnover prone Fighting people in the locker room Like that's going to be a very combustible team
2: You know it's going to be interesting Because you know Jimmy Butler was growing as like a ball handler Last year And now they just added Dwayne Wade and Rondo Two ball dominant guards Yeah
1: like how the hell do Rondo and Wade fit together
2: So how is Jimmy Butler Going to get opportunities to shoot the ball Or distribute the ball and there's not going to be that many people outside to kick the ball to. So. Yeah, it,
1: it. I feel just like Chicago's in a state of transition.
2: I don't know what they're doing, man. I don't know why they would ever sign Dwayne Wade. I
1: don't know either. And you know what's
2: scary is that
1: one of these teams here that's down low will probably overachieve this year, like more than likely. Um, could be the Bucs. It could be the Knicks, though. It could you, be, too. I mean, if you get me on the Pros, Knicks, You
2: could sell me on the Knicks winning 40, 41 games.
1: They're a colossal what-if. They need so much to go right, or Melo to have this throwback retro season, and Porzingis to take this monster step forward, and Derrick Rose to be serviceable, and Noah to play, what, 60 games? Yeah. Yeah. Then then I could see them being decent. They're not scaring anybody, though. Because when you look at the Pistons and the Hawks, they're both still very good teams. And even the Pacers, those three teams have gotten better. Yo, you
2: think the Pacers are good?
1: I think they're average. What I is, don't think they're great. Give me think... the
2: over-under on the Pacers here.
1: Oh, it's 43-and-a-half.
2: 43-and-a-half? No, they're not that good.
1: They're not in the good. East? I guess... No, no, you can't...
2: Man, Paul George era is upon us. I guess. That dude can win games on his own. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but... They got, like, the point guard. They got worse at point guard. They still have Monte Ellis on their team.
1: You don't I, like Monte Ellis?
2: I don't like... I love them in the Raptors series. I don't like... Yeah. <laughs> Because you're cheering for the Raptors, that's why you love them. Yeah, 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 he's hot (laughs) hot garbage. Who are you kidding (laughs) here? So they still have him, you know, Paul George is still there. I mean, you know, Miles Turner is going to be better. So, I don't know. They're definitely going to improve. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold. Jeff Teague, you know, Jeff Teague is like a slightly above average playing guard. He's fast. But the, the identity of the Pacers is defense you know doesn't really fit into that defensive identity
1: well they have Raptors darling back in the trade deadline there somebody
2: that you know fans love to link to the Raptors
1: Dad Young (laughs) also
2: (laughs) oh man it's going to be great I think that that Pacers team is going to be interesting to watch I just want to you know the spacing on that team is going to be interesting yeah I don't think their 43 wins good man I really don't really no so you think they're going to fight for that 8th playoff spot yeah you know what? I, this is your opportunity right now. Sell me on the pieces.
1: I can't really sell you on them. I just think Paul George is amazing, and they have some pieces in place that fit in well with how the Eastern Conference landscape is. You can get by with Jeff Teague in the East. You can get by with Thad Young in the East. There's like These are just supplementary guys that you can get by with when you have a superstar like Paul George. Okay. I just feel like Paul George is going to win them games on some nights
2: that they should lose. Because right, he's that you, damn good. So are you taking the over the under?
1: I think that lines properly I think it's properly rated. We'll get into a game later when we do like a fantasy basketball preview where okay. we'll take player rankings and we'll go underrated, overrated, or properly rated. <laughs> and I feel like that's properly
2: rated. So forty three was it forty three and a half or forty three? Yeah, forty three and a
1: half. Okay. That's a five hundred season.
2: Yeah, no no.
1: It's like slightly, slightly above, over.
2: Yeah, slightly above.
1: Which, Which I feel like is obtainable.
2: Al Jefferson is on their team now, by the way.
1: If Al Jefferson can stay healthy, though. Al Jefferson
2: and Ty Lawson are both on that team now. That that was so good, like, six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Monte Ellis six years ago, Jeff Teague. Maybe not Jeff Teague six years ago, because he being his rookie. I think it's his rookie season, but still.
1: Man, how the mighty have fallen, eh? Remember those guys?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Monte Ellis have it all.
1: <laughs> Remember when we were asking the question, Monte Ellis or Steph Curry? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Looking back on that now, how dumb was that question?
2: Dude, they were booing. They were booing Joe Lacob when uh when they made that trade. Yeah, <laughs> which is <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. They booed him when they made that trade, and I think when they traded Beadrenz, they also booed him. So Biedrins, there's a name. Him and Baron Davis. All right, man. You Woo. you were telling me about the rank. You're talking about rankings. Did you yes. check out the Sports Illustrated uh, rankings?
1: Yeah, and the top 100.
2: <laughs> There's one guy we're gonna talk about, obviously, Demar Rosen, man. Yo, he was, uh, yo, he was pissed. He was <laughs> extra salty. <laughs> you know, he doesn't really tweet many things on his uh, on his, in his Twitter account. You know, nothing like super personal. So for him to actually like direct a tweet to something, that that uh that really stuck out to me.
1: Well, to go expletive out of here. Yeah, proven
2: wrong. It's like, yeah, that, that speaks volumes. Yeah, he, yeah, he's on. You know, he's kind of a quiet dude, so he doesn't really, he's not really outspoken about anything like that. He's like, just committed to playing basketball. But uh, forty six, man, that's mad low. Even I feel like that even, was too even low. Even for me, even for you. <laughs>
1: Hold on, because you're, you're arguably the biggest DeMar DeRozan detractor. Okay, that's a good. Yeah,
2: that's a good word. Detractor is a good word. I'm not gonna say hater. No, cause... man, it's not true. It's not hate. It's <laughs> objective observation. Stop. Objective observation, okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll give that to you then. Yeah, so 46, then. 46 is like, basically, he's like a slightly above average player. That's what 46 really means to me.
1: Yeah, I think that they, they just think he's an okay, sc- like he's a good scorer and he's an okay player.
2: Right. That's kind of what that that screams to me. I mean, that's, that's correct. You know, I don't, He's a, what, he's a good scorer.
1: But an I think, all-star?
2: <laughs> yeah, but he's, there's,
1: a lot, there's a lot there to like with his game that goes beyond just being, you know, a volume scorer.
2: Yeah, but he's, you know, you mentioned
1: all-star, but it's in the East. So that diminishes it. I mean, I got the description up here. Do you want me to read it sure. about what they wrote about him? Read it for me. So Ben Gulliver wrote this. Uh, there's no debating that the past 12 months stand as the high-water mark of DeMar DeRozan's career. He posted career highs in scoring, PER, and win shares. He advanced in the playoffs for the first time. He earned his second all-star trip. He was a central piece on the top five offense for the second straight season. He raked in a fat 139-millimeter contract, and he won gold at the Rio Olympics. Even DeRozan's harshest critics, <clears throat> Demar, the ones who <laughs> rightfully point to his poor shot distribution, rough efficiency numbers, shaky three-point stroke, and forgettable defense, must acknowledge that DeRozan's 23.5 points per game, 4.5 rebounds per game, and 4 assists per game, Took his non shooting approach to the shooting guard position about as far as it can go last season. How long will it take for the other shoe to drop? DeRozan, twenty-seven years old, has logged massive minutes for six straight seasons. He hasn't made much progress extending his range, and he's had the benefit of playing in the glow created by Kyle Lowry. DeRozan's defensive work has really gone in the tank too. Last year, Synergy Sports ranked him in the twenty-first percentile overall as a defender. Defensive real plus minus ranked him number seventy-eight among shooting guards, so that's Derek Rose level. And Toronto's defensive rating improved by nearly six points when he was off the court. For now, DeRozan's elite ability to get to the foul line and his strong fit with Lowry should keep this honeymoon going. Unfortunately for DeRozan, the margin between best season ever and big step backwards looks pretty thin. Last year, he was ranked number 61, and they give some little plus-minuses here. Um, They got a plus. He set new career highs with 23.5 points per game, a 21.5 PR, and a 9.9 win share, which is quite a bit. Another plus they have is... He was fourth in the 2016 playoffs with 123 free throws made, trailing only Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James. Now, some negatives. His 46.3% efficient field goal percentage was the worst among players with at least 1,200 field goal attempts last year. He led the NBA with 558 field goal attempts from 10 to 19 feet, but connected on just 40.3%. So, things we knew.
2: Yeah. To be quite honest. You know, as Raptors fans, advanced statistics don't like him. You know. How could. Like, <laughs> How could event statistics like a volume score that shoots a lot of two point like long two pointers, right? Even is um the the most damning thing for him is his RPM. Among shooting guards, he's ranked number twenty four. Okay, but look, he kind
1: of plays an archaic game though, man. Like he's like he wants to be Kobe in a sense, but that does not translate well into stats.
2: I mean, Kobe, you know, Kobe last year and the year before was like. Mm. In a meh. (laughs) (laughs) Meh. It was borderline tire fire at times. (laughs) Well, last year was like, he was probably like the worst worst shooting guard to ever play, like a starting position. Like last year alone is probably the worst uh, shooting guard season ever for a starter. It, was, it
1: wasn't what we became accustomed to seeing in <laughs> Kobe Bryant. You know, no, it, it was, was the a very well It was, like, code.
2: actually historically bad, though. Like, it was, it was, <laughs> it, it, was it was crazy, crazily bad. Like, he shot terribly from everywhere. He was below league average from everywhere. It was a perfect fit for the Lakers, though. Who are we kidding? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that we, team was bad.
2: Well, yeah, for DeRozan, you know, none of the advanced statistics like him. But you, you have to consider, like, um, his skill set and, what he's actually good at. Like, he's good at scoring. He's good at scoring inside of the arc. That's pretty much it. But I don't I think 46 is, like, you know, is egregious. it's too low. It's egregious, man. Like, yeah. Ahead of him, he has Andre Godalla. You know, I, I think he's better than Andre Godalla.
1: Hell yeah. I think he might even be better than Nick Batum.
2: You know, Pal Gasol he's is. Also right ahead of him. Pal Gasol is ranked ahead of him. He's a dinosaur. Steven Adams is ranked ahead of, ahead of him.
1: Yeah, it's no bueno.
2: Chris Middleton is ahead of him.
1: You can make a case for Chris Middleton in my opinion. Right? So he's Not a, a strong one but it's debatable.
2: Right? But for, So Chris Middleton is at number 39. And then you got Brooke Lopez, Kemba Walker. He's better than Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker is ranked at number 36 which is amazing to me. I don't really understand it.
1: He's better than Serge Ibaka too. Serge is at 42. Yeah. Serge Ibaka's all potential still. He's not sure if he wants to play like a guard or play like a power forward. I know he claims to be a stretch four, but man... If going to be a stretch for you got to shoot the ball a bit better. And not put it on the deck so much and turn it over. Yeah,
2: so at 46, it's low. I mean, it's too low, but it's not like chronically, low. it's not like super low. It's just, you know, maybe he's like 40, 35, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I feel like that 35 to 40 range is where he should be. Yeah. I know we're, we're really bitching about, what, <laughs> nine spots here?
2: <laughs> I think it's worth it, though. Like, you know, people actually pay attention to stuff like this. You know, maybe it's not it's so important for you and I, but, like, if you're a casual fan, you saw this ranking, you know, you wouldn't think DeMar is that good. And for, like, the Toronto Raptors, a, a franchise that's kind of fighting for relevancy and uh, importance, right, and recognition, it matters for them for DeMar DeRozan to be ranked 46 when they think he should be ranked 35 or something like that.
1: It's a good point. I, I don't think there's any argument that. <laughs> I think at the end of the day with DeRozan when you look at all of his skill set and rankings aside here the way he plays is a really good fit for this Raptors team is and it though, it's kind of it's kind of tailored towards him a bit don't you think is it
2: though I'm just like every time I think about uh, the Raptors playing and DeMar DeRozan has the ball I'm just like okay here we go and like he's he's a ball stopper you know he's a black hole with the ball he has to as soon as he gets it he tries to score and if he can't score then it's like a pass out of desperation but, yeah, it's a vortex. Right? But, I, you know, when I has, when I see, like, Norman Powell in his spot and shooting guard and I see Kyle Lowry with the ball and, like, running plays or picking rolls, and it's like, she's shooting it from three-point range, 40%. I'm just like, this is just, like, something DeMar DeRozan can't, or just not even can't because he shot, like, 33% this year. He just won't shoot it from three. And I feel like the offense flows better with Norman Powell on the floor versus, like, the flow of the offense is better. With Norman Powell instead of Demar Derozan, so I don't know if he's really better for the team. I don't know if his place outfits fits it. It's kind of archaic, man.
1: Yeah, if he if he can
2: prove that he can
1: shoot threes this year, I'm not talking like three or four a game. One a night would be, even be great. Oh, he shoots. I, I, you want two. You,
2: you want two or three. Two or three. It's he has to make two or three. So that means he's taking at least six or seven.
1: Man, if he makes two or three, the Raptors are going to win. Fifty-five to damn near
2: fifty-eight games again. Yeah, because then he's basically James Harden but taller.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah.
2: And has post and has a post game.
1: Yeah, and he takes that. That that would mean DeRozan is taking another step forward in his evolution as a player. Yeah.
2: You know that's what you try to do every year. You know he's only twenty-seven. You know, adding a three-point. You know, Jason Kidd added a three-point shot to his game, and he's like in his thirties. So it's you know it's doable.
1: Jason Kidd's also, like, a brilliant basketball mind, though, too. I'm not saying DeRozan isn't, but he's not Jason Kidd level.
2: Yeah, but the three-point shot is, like, that's uh, that's accuracy, you know? Like, that's something you can master when you're young or when you're old. You're just trying to replicate muscle, you know, muscle memory. Okay. It's, it's hard to shoot from three, but, like, it's doable, man. People learn how to shoot the three. Kawhi Leonard learned how to shoot the three. Kawhi Leonard, there's our guy. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Yeah, he is. He's one of the best players in the league, period. Yeah, Yeah, so you can definitely learn how to shoot the three, man. It may take a a year or two, and he's, you know, he's. I would assume that he's been practicing since last year to actually shoot it. So I'm waiting for that to come around, man. When is is that happening?
1: (laughs) In due time, in due time. (laughs) Do you have any other issues with any of the other Raptors that were listed on the uh, SI100 here? We got... Corey Joseph was listed as a snub, so pretty much honorable mention. Mm Damari Carroll slotted in at 73. Jonas Valanciunas slotted in at 62, which I felt might have been a bit... You know, he could have been a bit higher. Then you got DeRozan 46, and Mm
2: -hmm. Kyle Lowry at number 14. You know, I like him at 14. Some people were, like, even considering him like a top 10 player within the league, which was pretty interesting for me. Sorry. I thought that was pretty interesting for him to be considered like a top 10 player in the league but I don't know is he better than Draymond Green is he better than Blake Griffin LaMarcus Aldridge maybe he's better than LaMarcus
1: maybe you know what that's that's an interesting debate (laughs) I think that would all depend on the team around you
2: yeah that's true because
1: those guys are supplementary players now in my opinion
2: so yeah you know him at 14 I can live with it Jonas that's a little bit low, man. You don't think so? I think it's low. I think that'll bump up after the season. Like,
1: don't, don't you? Like, I know that the usage is something we're gonna bitch about all year with Jonas because, let's face it, the Raptors do not run a lot of post ups. They don't run a lot of things that favor JB's game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They kind of make him into like this garbage cleaner where he just picks up stuff off the glass, second chance opportunities, um, pick and rolls where he dives to the cup, uh, like the occasional post up. A lot of things where he has to work for his points. So his stat line's not going to be gaudy, in my opinion, but it'll it'll improve.
2: Yeah. But he's better than, like, Luol Dang is ranked higher than him. Yeah, he's better than him. Better than Jeff, Jeff Teague. Probably George Hill. Actually, you know what? George, Hill's, George probably, Hill's underrated. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that exact same thing. George Hill's probably one of the most underrated players in the league. He's the new Mike Conley, basically.
1: Yeah, the problem with George Hill is that defense is not a flashy stat. Mm-hmm.
2: He loves to play defense So good at defense And uh, he's a good Three point
1: shooter as well He's just solid I think he's just All around a really Solid player Yeah so You know Jonas a
2: little bit low But not, not too low So I can't be mad at it Okay
1: Because <laughs> I'm looking I'm like There's nobody else To be mad about
2: Yeah uh, I guess we'll We'll have to live with him, man, until training camp And then they get To prove themselves again How excited are you For training camp? I'm ecstatic man Every day we get closer to the to the season, I get more and more excited. So training camp starts, and it's like, yes, just a little bit more, just more, just more, 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 and then preseason will start. I'm like, I'm almost ready. And then the season starts. Like, dude, finally, basketball's back. I know. This is, I guess, you know, when training camp starts, that's like the beginning of the season, basically.
1: Yeah, one week. One week away from that, so... Once that starts, it's all the way out. Like we said earlier in the podcast, we're going to be back every week. This will be a regular thing again. So One. we
2: kind of took a little break there, a little hiatus. One thing. How many games do you think the Ratchets are winning this season?
1: You want like a spot on prediction? Yeah. Or you want me to go, like over
2: under? No, just give me just give me a number. Fifty three. Fifty three. Is that if everything goes right, everything goes wrong, or? I think that's kind of in the middle. If everything goes right.
1: They win 56 again, 55 to 57. Okay. If everything goes wrong, we're looking at like 45 to 48 wins.
2: whether like a Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry injury?
1: Kyle Lowry injury, um, man, Corey Joseph being overworked to the point where he's playing minutes he's not used to playing, and he just looks fatigued out there, mm-hmm. and they're relying heavily on DeRozan, which would be a lot of volume scoring, which I think would in turn regress everything else on the team offensively. Okay. I think that would be like worst case scenario but I think realistically they're looking at 50 to 53 wins.
2: Okay. And I'll, I'll say 53. Hey man, That means a little bit of a comeback for the Eastern Conference for the Eastern Conference, man. You got a couple 50 win teams, Cavs. I think the Pistons, I think they're going to be
1: a lot better. I think the Bucks will be interesting to watch. I don't know if they're going to be better or worse, but I think they're going to be compelling because they got all this length. Um I think the Knicks will beat a few teams that they shouldn't. Like there's gonna be a lot of hype there. I think the Knicks may not be good as a whole, but I think they're gonna be difficult to play in MSG this year. Yeah. Just because the excitement's back. There's gonna be some pride about playing in MSG. There's just there's just something about that building. So yeah, and they haven't been good there in a long time. The Eastern Conference on its way up. Yeah, I guess like <laughs> I guess all the mediocre teams are rising together. The to Western make a
2: Conference you know the Western Conference is going through a bit of a dip at this point just because of the, the consolidation of power. At the top, it's
1: yeah, it's imbalanced now. It's literally just like, hey, there's Golden State. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, and that's the conference. Yeah, and there's then... no more of like, hey, the Spurs can beat them. It's kind of like, oh, the Spurs, they're still really consistent. Mm-hmm. And Tim Duncan and is one. retired now, so yeah. And then what are you, you going to say, L.A. the Clippers?
2: Yeah, Go Go I'd Clippers! love to see it, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, Doc Rivers is going to coach him out of the game. He's a really good coach But there's so many Questionable things With him too
2: We'll see But the West is You know After the Clippers And the Spurs It's kind of like A morass of teams Like you got Portland The Jazz I guess the that Thunder piss? It depends on what you Depends on how what you Think of the Thunder
1: I think the Jazz think Are going to be the, good What do you think Of
2: the Thunder? The, the Russell
1: Westbrooks? <laughs> are you sure? I think it's going to be Their Westbrook revenge tour All year yeah. All year. I mean, I, I don't know how many points he's going to put up, but he'll put something up like like an Oscar Robertson line, mm-hmm. borderline line triple double. How that translates for the Thunder? No, but I how don't know. many games
2: do you think they're going to win? That's the. Thing. Uh, that's the
1: thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I don't know how that's going to translate. Um, man, I, you know what? I don't think it's far fetched to say they could win fifty. It's like fifty plus. What? Oh my god! What? You think that's too much?
2: What is go? What are you serious right now?
1: Dude, I think they could win fifty.
2: Fifty games. Cool.
1: Fifty and thirty-two record. You don't think they could pull that off?
2: Oh man! What is the over under? Give me the over under on that.
1: Like the tie, the over under for them is forty-five and a half. I feel like fifty is a best case scenario where everything goes right.
2: Okay. You you remember Serge Ibaka and Kevin Durant are no longer on that team.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying it's gonna happen. I'm saying fifty is everything goes right for those guys because okay. I do think I think Utah's better.
2: I think Utah is
1: very underrated in the West. I think the Clippers are better. I think the Spurs are better. I think the Warriors are better. And I'm missing one team here. I think Portland's better. That was the last team, sorry. I think those five teams are better. You think the Timberwolves are better, too?
2: They're better today than they were a year ago today.
1: Fair. But I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. This is a year where they have to get accustomed to playing a new system. Tom Thibodeau is not the easiest coach to play with. I mean, he gets the most out of his guys, but he also wears them down. Mm-hmm. I think he's obviously evolved, but as a coach... But the team is super young, points. though. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can grind these guys down, though, still.
2: Right. I just I'm feel right. like
1: it's all contingent on Carl Anthony Towns, man.
2: I'm riding the hype for the Timberwolves. We're in the eighth spot, baby. Eighth spot in the West.
1: So you think the Thunder are missing the playoffs?
2: I think I don't think the Thunder are that good, man. I really don't. I don't think Russell Westbrook's like, play style is... Uh, conducive to like a to a well run team, especially okay, when here. like he's missing now he's missing shooters around him. Before he used to have Kevin Durant and Serge Ibaka to shoot for him. Now he doesn't have anybody to shoot for him.
1: So let's play a little game before we go. We agree that the Warriors, the Spurs, the Clippers, and the Jazz and the Blazers are all better than the Thunder, right? Right. So we're at five teams. Okay. So Thunder or Grizzlies? Who would you take?
2: Ooh. Make this Ooh. is to like make the playoffs. I don't, know, I don't even know how good the grizzlies are. The Grizzlies. I don't know. I think the Grizzlies are taking a step back too. Okay. So, got, so you have the Thunder over the Grizzlies. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
1: So Thunder or Rockets. Santoni and <laughs> space, running gun, you know, James Harden, forty five shot attempts tonight. At okay, I
2: think <laughs> okay. Give me the Grizzlies.
1: Okay, so you want the Grizzlies instead of the Thunder? And then Thunder or Rockets?
2: The, the, the Thunder are going to be way better than the Rockets.
1: Rockets okay. are terrible. Thunder or Timberwolves? We already know your bias as hell, so yeah, you're the going Timber. Timberwolves. Okay. Thunder or Mavericks?
2: I yeah. have the Mavs. Wow. Harrison okay, cool. Barnes. Harrison Barnes, Dirk. Let's do this.
1: I know it's late at night or early <laughs> in the morning, but come on, man.
2: You don't think Dallas is going to be good enough to make the playoffs?
1: I think they're going to fight for that 8th spot.
2: They've had less and made the 8th spot, man.
1: Oh, Rick Carlisle, believer. Here we go. Now we're talking. That's what you're banking on, then. Rick Carlisle getting the most out of his guys, which is possible. He's a really good
2: coach. So, so possible. And they've had significantly less and have done much more, so.
1: Okay, so the one final team would be a team that was a darling last year entering the season. The Pelicans. Pelicans or Thunder?
2: The Pels. Or... uh, uh, I don't know, man. The team's always injured. It's impossible to tell. I don't believe in Tyreek Evans. So, Thunder. Yeah.
1: So, you basically have the Thunder finishing ninth. Because you have... You got here Memphis, Minnesota, and Dallas all ahead of them. Yep. Which would place Oklahoma City in ninth. Yeah. Which, if you go based off the over-unders here, you think they're going to win like 40 games. Yep. 40 to 43.
2: Max. That sounds... Very accurate to me. Okay. Very, very accurate to me. You have them at 50, man.
1: No, no, I don't have them at 50. I think 50 is if everything goes right. (laughs) I honestly think 45 and a half is properly rated. I think 45 ish, that ballpark. 50 is if they just, everything clicks. Steven Adams plays well. Oladipo finds a way to mesh with Westbrook. Who shoots Westbrook? Westbrook goes berserk. (laughs) I was was literally going to say that next. I don't know who shoots. Maybe Roberson? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's laugh worthy. You look at that roster. Cantor? Is Cantor popping in a few here? Like, You look at it and you're just kind of like, they don't have any shooters.
2: Yeah. And that's, remember what happened to the Bucks when they didn't have any shooters?
1: Yeah, they shot a lot of bricks.
2: Yeah, so. I'm just saying, man. 40, 40 sounds about right for me. Maybe you could talk me into less, but then I would get a little bit defensive. I mean, like, did Russell, Russell Westbrook die or something? I don't know. Did Russell Westbrook
1: die? <laughs> <laughs> if he gets hurt by any means, and oh, you're the and Thunder,
2: you're absolutely Raps.
1: tank like you've never seen before.
2: They have all their picks, so,
1: so it's, it's,
2: yeah, it's worth it. Or do they have all their picks? That's a because they made some trades.
1: I'm pretty certain they do. That's something I can look up though afterwards. Okay. That's all that's right. new tank city though. If they lose Russell, Westbrook. like if you lose Westbrook.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's over ten. with. All right, we're in the Western Conference. I think it's time to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good here. All right, guys.
1: As always, if you like what you're listening, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and SoundCloud at Tip of the Tower. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tip of the Tower. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, you can reach out to me at Crystal If you want to reach out to Damar on Twitter, you can reach out to Damar at DeMar J Grant. Also, be sure to follow, you know, our new Beats guy here. We got G. Follow G on SoundCloud, at G Seropia. As always, guys, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Enjoy basketball. It's back, guys. We're right there.
2: Training camp
1: Later, news. Take care, guys.